of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Michael Jones. I am talking about something liturgical today. Um, We are in the season of Advent, and if you are like me and you come from a tradition that did not acknowledge or celebrate Advent, I am talking about today what is gained by celebrating Advent, and in effect also talking about what is missed by not celebrating Advent. I came from a tradition that did not um, employ the season of Advent. It seemed that we moved straight from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and and sometimes even before that. I it, it, I am recording this in October, actually, um, so it is October right now, and and when you listen to this, it will be the season of Advent. But it is October, and I was in Walmart the other day and saw Christmas trees and Christmas stuff everywhere. We haven't even gotten past Thanksgiving yet. As a worship leader, I find myself planning around a variation of annual events and calendars. And uh, Examples are the Christian year and the calendar. The school year, (laughs) very important in a small town where I live, and well, anywhere really. Uh, American and patriotic holidays, that's another issue in and of itself. And denominational events like missions emphases. My denomination has two major missions emphases each year, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Both one goes to foreign missions and one goes to North American uh, missions. And so, so I have to keep these things in mind as I am planning worship services throughout the year. Um, and keeping these events and times in mind sometimes makes worship planning a challenge. If one calendar is to supersede another, I would say surely the church year should be the one employed. And I'm often shocked at how much we allow cultural conventions to creep into our worship practices. Recently, a a prominent pastor's church advertised a well-known cable news political commentator's appearance during their weekly worship gathering, and I was distraught by that. And while, while this example is a bit extreme, most of us would not do that, it, this kind of idea, this concept is more common than we might think and realize. Uh, cultural norms are sometimes realized as equal to to proclaiming the full counsel of God, and they are not. Um, I was not raised in a tradition that utilized the church year, the the historic liturgical calendar, uh, except that we celebrated Christmas and Easter. And and I would even venture to guess that we didn't do so in the historical manner. Uh, It's not wrong, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, it's not wrong in and of itself to avoid the liturgical Christian calendar. Nonetheless, Abiding by the, the church calendar ensures that we tell the full counsel of God. Um, in my context, we do not strictly abide by the liturgical calendar, but there certainly are times, many times, where I employ what is there, and I don't necessarily have to tell my people. I am using the liturgical calendar. They don't need to know that. Um, I just want to proclaim the story of God. While God is not bound by spa- uh, space and time, He chooses to use space and time to communicate to us and with us 
while we are not, while we are bound by space and time, we have a beginning and an end date here on this earth. We are bound by space and time. So God uses space and time, even though he is not bound by it. In the, in the church year, there are two primary cycles. I'm not going to get real deep into this, but there are two primary cycles. There's the cycle of light, which begins with Lent um, prior to, to the Easter season. And then there's the cycle of life, which begins with Advent. And Advent really begins the Christian year. And I want to focus solely today on Advent. It begins either the fourth Sunday prior to Christmas or the Sunday closest to November 30th. Um, American society usually, uh, and I would, I would venture to guess that other societies, not just American society, but certainly American society usually desires to move straight from Thanksgiving, which is a uniquely American holiday, um, not an overarching Christian celebration, uh, but we tend to want to move straight from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And don't get me wrong, I love Christmas. I enjoy the Christmas and the pageantry and the festivities that come along with it. Um, but we usually celebrate it improperly anyway by giving Christmas just one day, December 25th. And really, the church calendar, it's 12 days. It continues through January 5th, and then Epiphany begins on January 6th. As a worship leader, my frustration, though, lies in the avoidance of Advent. It is a wonderful celebration, and there's so much we miss if we avoid Advent. Uh, I, I want to discuss what we gain by celebrating Advent. It, it's likely not what most people think it is. It is different from Christmas and contains a different focus. A former professor of mine wrote an article which suggested moving the celebration of Advent to November. And so that church congregations would not be upset uh, with, with the lack of Christmas elements almost immediately following Thanksgiving, which is what most people want to do. I think it's a feasible and a good suggestion, and um, it could certainly be done that way. Uh, but I think celebrating Advent, period, is, is important. What are those benefits? And so to answer this question, I want uh, to discuss what we gain by celebrating Advent. Uh, first of all, Advent represents expectation. It represents expectation, which is part of our nature as Christians. We are to be expectant. Advent is an English version of the Latin word, which means coming. Uh, the Latin adventus uh, really is a, a translation of the Greek word parousia, commonly referred to as uh, commonly used to refer to the second coming. Of Christ. The key here is expectation. Advent is a season of expectation. As God's people, we should live our lives in expectation. The most apparent expectation for us is that of Christ's return. We expect him to return one day. Additionally, we are to expect God to move in powerful ways and change our lives and the lives of those around us. We are to live in expectation. Here's the thing, though. Advent usually is more focused on Christ's return than it is his birth. Although there are certainly elements of remembering his birth after Israel had waited for so long for the coming Messiah. Advent, though, represents expectation. If we forego Advent, 
We miss out on this vital aspect of our faith. We are an expectant people. Christ will one day soon return, and how foolish of us to neglect that truth. The second thought I have on this is that Advent represents patience. And this is sort of tied to the concept of expectation and waiting. Uh, As we wait on Christ's second coming, we are called to exercise the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, part of which is patience. In other words, all believers possess patience. Every Christian does, but we have to exercise it. Waiting and expectation requires patience. We are to be a patient people. God often calls us to serve him, but to also wait on his timing, something I think that is far easier said than done. And and while we may want to leap immediately to the celebration of Christ's birth as soon as December arrives, there are other aspects of the gospel story we have to acknowledge, and this requires patience. Advent then represents the patience the bride of Christ is to continually exhibit. Uh, Another thing we gain by celebrating Advent is that Advent represents new beginnings. So we are, uh, by celebrating Advent, representing the new beginnings we have in Christ. When Christ came into the world as God in human flesh, a new covenant was soon to begin. Uh, Advent begins the Christian calendar and represents new beginnings, not only in relation to the birth of Christ, but also in relation to his continued work in our lives now as we await his return. We are made new creations in Jesus Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. In Christ's incarnation for the purpose of dying as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of humankind is certainly a vital aspect of our faith, but so also is, is the expectation of new beginnings. We expect new beginnings. God's mercies are new every morning, Lamentations 3. Without expectation, our response to atonement might seem insufficient, Um, We have new beginnings in Christ, and so we are continuously being made new in the new covenant, and so we should expect it to be so. Uh, I refer often to progressive sanctification. We hear the word sanctification, progressive sanctification, that's a Matt Chandler word. Um, Sanctification happens on a progressive and continuous basis. We are continually being made like Christ. By bypassing Advent, we might miss this vital aspect of our faith. Advent represents new beginnings. Um, one more thought I have toward, uh, toward Advent and what we gain by celebrating Advent. Advent represents the commonality of God's people throughout history waiting on the Savior. Um, God's people throughout history are part of one family. Think about that. We today, the church are a part of one body, which also encompasses those great um, saints of the past, even in Old Testament times, a chosen and a holy nation. Even in the church age, we're connected with Israel of old, who waited long on the coming Messiah. And uh, we are connected with them because we too wait for him in the context of his return. Advent connects us to the faithful who have gone before us, as well as those brothers and sisters around the world who share our faith today. Israel waited, Israel expected. We wait, and we expect. 
And Advent then represents this commonality that we have with other believers of the past, which is vital among many commonalities of God's people throughout history. We await the coming of the Savior just as God's people did hundreds of centuries ago. As God's people globally celebrate Advent, a unity of expectation is achieved. So in conclusion, what I want to say is that we miss marvelous wonderful blessings by foregoing Advent. And uh, again, it is not wrong in and of itself, but uh, celebrating Advent creates an intentional method of telling the full counsel of God. Even in my free Baptist church setting, I am intentional about employing liturgical elements. We're not strictly bound by a lectionary at my church, uh, but I will often employ it along with other elements to intentionally proclaim the full story of God. So we don't need to bypass Advent. While we might approach Advent by, we might not approach Advent by strictly utilizing the church calendar. Advent is present in in the worship services in my church, at least, and I hope it is in yours. I enjoy utilizing liturgy in a free church setting. It can be done well if the worship leader is creative and in, in his or her approach. But by forgoing Advent, we miss incredible blessings and an incredible proclamation of the gospel story. Even if Advent isn't exercised during the month of December, but is moved or perhaps even adapted so that themes of waiting and expectation are present, local churches have done a great favor to their people by intentionally telling the full counsel of God. We are a people in waiting. We're a people in expectation. We await the Advent of our Lord and tell His story until um, he, re- he returns. Uh, so I encourage you, in whatever context you're in, to utilize and celebrate the season of Advent. Thanks for listening. This is Jonathan Michael Jones. Yeah.